1: Bom dia, bom dia. Hello and welcome to our lives in Portugal, hosted by Jason and Caroline Zick with a side of business. No,
0: it's called what is it all for? It's a business podcast with a side of life in Portugal.
1: Yeah, Uh, we are back in the podcasting saddle as we told you last week. We're here, looped up,
0: no chafing, ready to go. Our
1: legs have developed a nice thick callus. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for the podcasting <laughs> saddle.
0: You know what I love about you? Your calloused your, inner yeah. legs.
1: Your your uh, inner leg calluses. It's
0: a metaphor. It's for podcasting. True.
1: Do people, do equestrians, uh, do they build le- leg calluses?
0: Oh, I don't know. Probably. Oh, okay. You do anything. I thought you might know. Because I'm an equestrian?
1: Yeah. <laughs> You're a woman I'm of horses. F- I am
0: famously a horse girl. You're
1: a woman of horses. Yeah. I tried yeah. horseback riding actually one time. I know. That's why time. I asked. One time. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. My My aunt was really into horses and she was like, oh maybe you could get into it and i went out and she was like okay first we need to like clean stuff right. do stuff wipe and their like, butts and before i even got on the horse and i was like i don't know why you guys do this this is not cool <laughs>
1: hey uh real talk
0: i did actually enjoy it have
1: like you thought small. about booking a horseback riding adventure as a birthday gift at some point in our relationship no really
0: no because i remember you still talk about when we went to gettysburg on horses for your grandma's birthday yeah and how much you'd did not enjoy that experience. It's not
1: fun. It's legitimately not fun. I don't I mean, I think people are just fooling themselves. Like I think <laughs> like in the moment because you're they like think it's this like is romantic. not fun. This is not fun. This is not fun. And then afterwards you're like, "Oh my gosh, it was so great to ride those horses." I would
0: love to like pet a horse, but yeah. I need to get on top I of it. I would love to
1: feed a horse an apple. I'd love to do all these things.
0: I'd love to just
1: also, Wh- I feel bad it. when I get on the back of a horse. I feel like the horse is like, yeah. come on, man. I
0: know that's actually <laughs> do what that. I'm thinking. Uh,
1: let's move on to life in Portugal, okay. and let's give a little update here. Wow, we had a nice little horse uh, tangent <laughs> T- there.
0: Not too much to update compared to last week. Yeah, um, We're just still moving and shaking. We, I mean, I don't have it written down, but one new thing on the horizon is we're trying to get a portuguese tutor
1: yes and language so tutor a language tutor. you keep leaving on the key word there and so when you just say oh. like a portuguese tutor <laughs> like a portuguese could, person just like a it could be for a lot of different things you know well,
0: i just meant like a tutor for portuguese language yes right yeah, okay, yeah but the yeah. language is okay like the important fair word enough yeah, yeah fair enough yeah and so we think we found someone so we'll let you know how our first we're trying to get schedules aligned we'll t- let you know how our first lesson goes we still do the apps yeah. and all the things yeah uh which is good for vocabulary, but I think you need a mixture. I
1: oh, like a for mixture. sure. And I think also, you know, when it comes to language learning, as someone who has not tried to learn a language since high school when I took two and a half years of French, uh, and I don't remember anything other than just the pronunciation of "guyer." uh God, you're
0: so good at it. Is
1: just that we. I really want to set some specific goals of, like, by the end of this year, I am not trying to be fluent in Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Like, my life side hustle this year is not to learn Portuguese fluently. Like mm-hmm. I hope that I'm fluent in like three years or five years. Mm-hmm. And even then, like I'm going to be okay if I'm not, not because I'm lazy and I don't want to do it, but just because like, I don't want homework. Like I'm a 40 year old person and who see, does I, not want homework.
0: Right. And yeah. so it's about self-awareness because I have more aggressive goals than you do For sure, because I, Probably because I do want to do that work.
1: And I I would my goal, I think, by the end of this
0: year it would be this is a really specific goal, but I want to be able to go to my hair salon and and for the entire appointment, be able to string sentences together and understand my stylist.
1: Yeah, you can talk to them about the girl going to the library and you can (laughs) ask where the bathroom is and you can order a hamburger. It's gonna be great. Yeah. What's the word you learned last night that we've been saying? We just
0: learned um, a phrase that like I was watching a video on phrases, like filler phrases when yeah. you're having a conversation with someone. And so you, you know, like in English, you would be like, oh, how nice or how great. Yeah, like you just, yeah. someone's telling you something and you yeah. sort of respond with something. And so I learned a few, but my favorite one is okay,
1: fofo. Which
0: just means... How cute. Which K-ful. is great because we
1: walk by a little dog yes. that we don't know the name of. It's a she, but it's I named she. her Chuck before her I knew Chuck. she was a she.
0: We don't know her real name, but yeah. we named her Chuck. Yeah. And so she's so cute. And so, now, so now I'm going to get to walk past Chuck and be like, oh. Okay, four, four. Yeah,
1: I said to you on a walk a couple weeks ago, I want to get to the place where I can ask the owners if their dog is friendly. And if we can pet. And what its name is. Right. And if we can say hello. Because we walk the, by it is, every single day. I don't want
0: to say how to, what is their name? Yeah. I know what is your name. We don't it's need like, to
1: sort that out on the podcast. We can come back to that. Como? Great. Uh, so Chama. a couple things I wanted to share Chama? this week on the life in Chama? Portugal, because I thought it would just be fun to share some of the things just about living here. Mm-hmm. It's... You know, I think it's fun to hear about the oh, you went to a new restaurant. What's that like? Oh, you found this place. What's that like? But I think it's also just like, what's life like? And yes. so, one of the things and we've talked about this a couple times, but just to reiterate, maybe this is the first time you're hearing us talk about our life in Portugal. And you're like, where do you guys even live? How did you find your place? Like, what what's going on there? When we first set out and decided we were gonna live in Portugal or even in Europe, I think one of the resistances that we had was we don't just want to move into like a brand new gated development that's yes. just for expats.
0: Yeah, that was important to me because and really it was because I want I didn't want to feel like I moved to like a mini America yeah. inside of Portugal. Like yeah. I wanted to have um a tangible access to the surrounding culture. Yeah. Which, spoiler alert, which we'll talk about in a second, I do think that we have that.
1: Yeah, I think we basically came to like a 50-50 version of this. We're like, we're not in a gated community, there's no gate, uh, but we are in a brand new development. And I think one of the things, and if if you're listening to this and you're possibly thinking in the next five to ten years that you might want to explore living in a different country or in a different wildly different place than where you live now... I will just say from our perspective, obviously we don't know the alternate way of doing this, but moving into a place where there is a person that you have a contact to who manages like the area and the units and all those things, there is a handyman who's on site, should anything break, and it's taken care of. Uh, all of the utilities and like all that stuff—it's already set up. Like our
0: Wi-Fi and cable was set up the day we moved in. We which don't is have to. So nice. We don't have
1: to figure that out. Also, our place is furnished, yep. and so I just—I think about all the barriers that can stop someone from making this decision, or it can feel so unbelievably overwhelming. And my advice is. Now that we've done it this way, I would 1000% recommend, if you can, if you have the ability to, is to maybe try and find a place that has a lot of the things already done for you as just a short term. So right. you can get over, maybe live in this place for six to 12 months or whatever that looks like for you. Then you can go and explore and find the neighborhood that you want to live in or the house that you want to buy or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah,
0: Because yes, I, I'm so glad that we went with that strategy because the transition was honestly so surprisingly seamless. Right. And we we were just able to sort of just like pick up life again. And I think one of the main reasons I haven't had that sort of like hangover feeling that a lot of people talk about. Like people talk about like you come over, it's the honeymoon phase, you're so excited, yeah. but then you hit this feeling where you're like, everything's hard, everything I'm alone. You know, and those I would types imagine it's
1: the first time something breaks that you can right. figure everything out yeah. yourself. Yeah. And, and 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 I think
0: not, you know, having this touch point of someone who can help and just having that support system built in has been so helpful. And the support system built in of, we've now met neighbors and they are a great source of, Hey, um, you know, and they're expat neighbors mostly. So it's like, oh, hey, do you need to figure out your driver's license? Do you need to figure out this and that? And so they've given us recommendations, and that has gone such a long way. So if you're curious about just what it's been like to kind of plug into life here, I think because we intentionally um, chose a place that did have some type of kind of group development aspect to it, property manager aspect to it, that has been really great. But then I still feel that we get... The best of both worlds because, like Jason said, you you know we walk right outside of our neighborhood and like we are conversing with neighbors that are not within the development and yeah. it's in their in our surrounding areas and
1: and by conversing we mean saying hello and well you did help that guy yeah. that
0: guy with his uh, car one Oh, time. I did yeah. yeah there was a
1: guy whose car was stalled out and he just like I could see he was struggling his wife is in the driver's seat and I just like I was like I can help and like ran up and like helped him push the car out of the driveway so he they was could
0: go if that's our but neighbor
1: yeah, couldn't speak any uh, any language to can't, him at can't all talk that you. He- can
0: mom or dad yet. Can't but talk to
1: Chuck's mom or dad that's yet. A goal. We'll get there. The other thing I wanted to talk about, because I know so many of you salmon rollers really tune in for one thing and one thing only, and that is Jason's Baking Escapades. Of course. It's and basically
0: a baking podcast.
1: It really is, when you think about it. Um, I will say that one of the things I have noticed, obviously we're going to grocery stores that are... Portuguese and everything in the grocery store is in Portuguese and they don't have the wide array of items that you find in a lot of US grocery stores and that can be looked at as a good or a bad thing but one of the things that i have noticed is that like it's just not as easy to get all of the things i have i have however found some gluten-free flours i have however found like tapioca starch and potato starch which are good like gluten-free things for baking there's been gluten-free pancake mix that i found Um, but it is it's just different because you just don't have the same uh, kind of like roster of everything that you Mm -hmm. can get and so i i think for one of the things that i'm learning is it's
0: a um, thin roster it's
1: a thin roster but i'm also gonna have to have multiple players on my roster so i'm gonna have to go to like three different grocery stores Mm. to get different items like when we want to do taco night we go to the other grocery store because it has a bigger international section. Whereas the main grocery store we go to, which is kind of like the best way you can describe it is like a a fresh market if you're from the US or like a Sprouts, but like, much smaller and like not as much stuff Um, that one doesn't have very many international things so anyway the baking has been an adventure Uh, I will say that like my go-to cookie recipe I tried making when we first got here I think the peanut butter is just very different Mm. and like they came out like almost bitter the
0: peanut butter is more oily
1: it's definitely more oily it's less thick yeah Uh, because I
0: think it's more natural if I'm being honest so
1: I actually abandoned that recipe and I went to a different recipe and those cookies are the ones I've been making frequently they're very good which are delicious delicious Uh, I've made three batches of cinnamon rolls now. Some of the best I've ever made. Those are not very gluten Very good, free
0: not gluten-free. Yeah. And you have a very specific directive. Now, not only from me, but our a friend. A neighbor, yeah. A neighbor friend who is also not... Um, is very gluten avoidant. It, yeah, I would say.
1: And um, this is this is why I'm bringing up the like grocery things mm-hmm. because if I want to make a batch of gluten-free cinnamon rolls, I need like 27 ingredients. Yeah, I can't just do it well, with like five ingredients.
0: Sounds like excuses to me, Jason.
1: It's a little bit of an excuse. So that's my little baking update. It's it's challenging in different ways. But you still end up being able to do things. You just have to kind of adapt and figure it out. You, you gotta, gotta adapt. Change all your measurements and all your different <laughs> temperatures, and you gotta, your timings are all I'm off. I'm
0: always Googling things like I'm looking potentially for a rug for my fart studio. Yes. But everything's in centimeters. Yes. And I'm like, I'm like, 200 by 300 centimeters, that sounds so tiny. Yeah. Just told, a tiny, and then I look it up, and it's like nine feet by I know, I told you this
1: the other day, like my, my brain feels so dumb yeah. when something's like 40 centimeters, and I'm like, I have no, no idea.
0: idea. Like literally is couldn't it guess. 40 yards? Couldn't guess. Is it, yeah. But if
1: you tell me 40 inches, I'm like, oh, I can show you that with my hands and like get it pretty close. Yeah. 40 centimeters, I'm like, it could be the length of this house. I really don't, <laughs> so I honestly have don't know. You to learn know.
0: new yeah. things, which is fun. Yeah. Um, and the last thing that I want to share about my life in Portugal, update i just want to always give you like little things that i'm noticing about living here i love so many things about it like i i just cannot even put into words how much i'm happy that we did this but one tiny 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 one is we went on a walk um yesterday afternoon and we were rounding the corner and we just heard like the squawking of ducks (laughs) And like this as a sound and then right after it, I was like, I just love hearing like ducks in nature, you know? And then all of a sudden you hear a rooster. It's like, and I'm like, maybe those of you listening who live like out in the country or this is more of a normal thing for you. And so you're like, yeah, you sounds like animals. Yeah. I have never lived in anywhere in my, in the U.S. that would be considered in the country. Like it's always, and not like super urban either, but very suburban areas, I suppose. You don't get a lot of chickens. You don't get a lot of ducks. You don't get a lot of just Wildlife noises, and one of my favorite things about living here is yes, we're in like a little development neighborhood, but the the land surrounding us is protected land. It's Mm -hmm. like very rustic land, and you have all these like country houses of people who do have chickens and ducks and roosters, and it's this like very. I just love the symphony of wildlife noises that makes me feel at peace with because there's space. Does that make
1: sense? Yeah, uh, it does make sense. You're asking me or you're asking them.
0: I don't know. Okay. I don't know if I articulated it well. I but think you did a great job. That, I really love that.
1: Basically, Caroline's update is she heard ducks and she was really happy. I
0: heard ducks and it made It's me an happy. Enneagram
1: 4 moment if we've that's ever it. had one. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the episode. Okay.
0: This episode, Jason and I wanted to talk well, about- Well, first of
1: all, it's it brought to you by- Brought that's to you, where, That's what it sounded like you were going to This episode
0: is brought to you by- Uh-huh.
1: Go ducks. Ducks. <laughs> yeah. Specifically-
0: Vocal ducks.
1: Vocal ducks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Check them out okay. at vocalducks.org. Vocal Ducks. <laughs> and, uh, Use our
0: code WAMELOVESVOCALDUX <laughs> to get
1: 10%. You're doing so good at improv. You're doing so good, baby. You're just uh, sweet, sweet. You're just improv. <laughs> yep. Yep.
0: Okay, I need to catch my breath Hold yeah.
1: on. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay. That was pretty, uh, pretty solid. Can't do
0: improv. That's okay. We knew that. We knew that. That's not new information.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We have other redeeming qualities, like horse qualities. You know, like you're good at horse stuff. So many redeeming qualities. Improv is not (laughs) one. My favorite part of Caroline doing improv, for those of you who don't get to live with her on a daily basis, is I I really I love yeah, so, much so much. You'll give it a try. I will after always. almost 13 years. I'm still I'm teeing still it doing up it. and you're still trying. But you come to this moment where you get like 25% of the way yeah. to start and then your mind just freezes and you go into full yeah. like stop mode. Yeah. So in that moment you were like Use promo code <laughs> WAME, And then your brain just like... And then you like sputter something out it's at the because end.
0: because improv, you have to have no filter. Yeah. I. There is no way for me to take a filter off it's my fantastic. brain. It's fantastic. It's great. I don't know what to tell you.
1: Now let's go ahead and get into the episode that we've talked about uh, the sponsor. Okay. <laughs> so
0: getting into the episode. Yeah. Uh, this will not be improv. I have notes here. Yes. We decided something that has been on our minds a lot lately at the top of the year here is... Feeling the pressure to accomplish everything mm-hmm. all at once. Everything everywhere all at once. Exactly. Shout <laughs> um, out. Fantastic Shout movie. out to that movie, which we love. But, <clears throat> you know, now that Jason and I are able to work on our business because we're not traveling full time, we have so many things that we want to do. Yeah. And we started at the top of the year so excited to do them all. And I'm still so excited to do them all but arguably too excited to do them all because I want them all to be done right now. And so we thought it would be interesting to do an entire episode about tips for kind of managing that pressure when you feel like you want to do all the things right this moment and how to help pace yourself so that you don't burn out. Um, and how we're kind of approaching that problem in our business.
1: Yeah. And I think this, like, you can kind of listen to this episode from two different perspectives. Maybe one is maybe you're in a position like us where you just have so many ideas and you do maybe have a little bit of bandwidth that you don't have to do them all right now, Mm -hmm. but you're trying to fight all the urges to do them all. Right. Right. And then I think the other side of that is you have a lot of ideas, but you're also really in like a financial crunch, or you're trying to get your business off the ground, or you're trying to really move on from whatever your full-time work is to your, your side project that you want to become your full-time, and it, it kind of can't happen fast enough for you. Right. And you're just trying to figure out, is there any way that I can get more time or have you know more energy to do this? So hopefully by sharing some of the things that we're going through and that we're thinking yeah, it'll I think help it'll you it'll in one help- of those different things. Exactly.
0: I think it'll be helpful in both of those categories. And like- I think part of us right now, why this is coming up is we've talked about this on previous episodes before, but I feel like we are in this aftershock of the, of what, like what my friend Margaret calls the creative dam because all of last year while we were traveling, like we couldn't build anything new. It was just maintenance mode. It was just trying to keep the wheels on the thing from falling off. And so now because of that pent up creative energy, we've kind of hit the ground running and so it's like we the ideas are not are coming like like a fire hose we yeah. have so many things we have so many like sort of holes that we see that could use improving in our business and we want to patch them all right now and so that that doesn't have to just be like you've been traveling for right. a year because i know that's a very small percentage of people but it could be like you're a new parent and yep. you finally like have you know time to your time has opened up just a little bit where you can like work on more things or maybe you're starting your creative business full-time for the first time and so you're going from it being a side hustle to now being able to work full-time and you're just like Duh, yep. I have all this time I want to work on all the things and so I think if you're in that category um this is going to be the perfect perfect episode for you and where I want to start is kind of the word discipline yeah, and just the idea that it takes a tremendous amount of self-discipline to be someone with, you know, 10 ideas out before you and to recognize that trying to serve all of them at the same time is going to lead to an unsustainable p- pace that could very easily learn, lead to burnout. And yeah. so a little bit about being a sort of, um, an entrepreneur that's in it for the long haul is recognizing that you need discipline to work on only the things that you can work on sustainably.
1: Yeah. And if you listen to last week's episode, maybe you heard all of the things that we are trying to accomplish and our goals that we're trying to reach this year. And that's really, I think a big part of this year is going to be a lot of discipline for us in saying no and pushing things down the road a little bit because Last year was a year where we just acknowledged it is not a growth year. It is a maintenance year. And so this year is a growth year. And we really are trying to get a lot of things done, try and get ahead. Um, Obviously, there are things that play outside of our control when it comes to economic things that we don't know how that's going to affect our business growth. But kind of the way that we go into this thinking, and and maybe this will be helpful for you if you're someone who's like, how is the recession in the economy and like all this doom and gloom going to affect my business? it's to not count yourself out before anything actually happens. And so I think one of the things, you know, as we're looking at this year for us, it's let's just do all the things that we can control and let's not let the things that we can't control stop us from doing those things. Yep.
0: And so just to give you an idea of what those things are, just to make make it more tangible and also just some behind the scenes, welcome. Uh, Some of those early things that we have talked about wanting to accomplish that we wish if there was like, if I could split myself into six different people right now, here's what I would work on. Yeah. We... We want to start a project called that we're calling Narticles, Narticles. which just means new articles. And we just know that we need more qualified traffic and we haven't published um, articles in a while. So it involves a refresh of our article page, higher quality articles to attract higher quality traffic. Right. That's Narticles. Uh, We want to refresh the design of our dashboard, which has been the same design since 2018 when we started WAME. Our dashboard is a custom built WordPress that uh, people use inside of our program, Wayman Unlimited, to access the myriad of things that they get access to.
1: Yeah, hundreds and of resources. we
0: want to make it a lot easier for them to find what they're looking for now that we have all types of topics. Everything from copywriting, to building online courses, to time management, to writing content, to website design, everything. We wanna make it a lot easier for them to sift through that and find what they need in order to move forward. We have a version of that in our WAME roadmap, which is helpful, but this is like everything under one roof, so we wanna redesign that. Thankfully, we have a designer on staff.
1: Thankfully. Um, she's not good at improv. She's a big proponent of, she's, she's not, not good at improv, of, but yeah. she's good at design. Yeah.
0: Um, we want to also refresh our website in general. Like, our, yep. we haven't changed our homepage in two years. The and Wandering
1: Aimfully site. The
0: Wandering Aimfully site. We know that there are some improvements that could be more strategic there. We want to prioritize marketing for Tea Tree, which we've never done anything other than word of mouth marketing yep. for Tea Tree. And we really want to grow that customer base this year for the long term. We're going to experiment with some one-off products this year, which you'll hear us talk about, which we haven't done in years. Yeah,
1: for two people who five years ago essentially said, we're like, we are only going to sell one thing. Which I think was the smartest
0: thing we ever did.
1: But I think we also are seeing a lot of people message us and like, hey, like, I don't really need all that's in Wayne, but I really want like this thing. And so I think for us, it's an inter- it'll be an interesting experiment this year to go. Well, how does it feel with our launches of Wayne feeling very dialed in? And we have a great process. We have a great sales page. We have sales emails that work. Like it's it knock on wood, it's very consistent with those things locked in, can we add in these mini launches that will take a little bit more effort and like going back to like all of the previous things we used to do, but like how does that supplement our income to then give those customers a chance to buy the one thing they may want from us?
0: Yep. It also gives people a different price point. Like if, yeah. if people want to... You know, just have one item, and so that's a yeah. lower price point than our program. Um, and then improve our marketing bridge. So our convert, we know that there's a, a chance to improve our conversion from traffic to email subscribers. Yep. And so there's tons of ideas that we have about how to do that. And so literally, those things are just off the top of my head things that we want to do this year. That isn't
1: technically they're not. They're off the top of this bullet list. Well, right.
0: right. I just mean like. This is only scratching the surface of the amount of things that the ideas that we have of ways to improve our business.
1: Truthfully, this is really what we've thought about for Q1.
0: This is Q1. Yeah,
1: like we we haven't even thought like. Which
0: is just wild. That's, I mean, objectively, I would tell anyone that's too many things. And so that's the point of this podcast is to tell you it is too many things. And so how do you go about sifting through that list? even though you're excited about all of them, even though you see the potential of all of them and go, what is it sustainable for me to actually complete so that I don't feel pulled in all these different directions? So yes, the first thing obviously that we would tell you to do is to go through that list and prioritize and say, what do I think is, and everyone's like prioritization criteria is going to be different. As we talked about in the top of this episode, it's going to be different whether you need immediate cash. It's going to be different whether you need to get re-inspired with your business, whichever one is most exciting to you.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be different too. You know, one of the things, like our uh, Wandering Fleet dashboard redesign, that's a project that we can only work so far into. So mm-hmm. it's like, we can do the designs in Figma, we, uh, our designer can do the mm-hmm. designs in Figma, but then our developer has to take on like three quarters of the workload. Mm-hmm. And all we're going to do is just be there to like, A, you like that looks good, or B, this needs to be fixed with him. And so- Like that for us to me is like as soon as we can get that project done for what we can control, it's great to then move on because we're going to have so much time where we can't be working on that that we need to prioritize it first so that it can get going. So there's
0: an order. Yeah. So I would say some of the criteria are which one is going to bring you cash flow the quickest. I would say which one is going to pay off the most in the long run. Yeah. Which one are you most excited about Mm -hmm. or which one needs to happen first because there are other dependencies that rely on it. So that's one. And then another one is the narticles. Mm-hmm. And so this is another thing where order comes into the priority because I would say if if we were looking at the list that we listed before, if we were going on a prioritization criteria that was only based on like which one has the most leverage to bring us closer to our goals. I would actually say the marketing bridge one. I would say you, because we already have plenty of traffic, even though it's not the most qualified traffic, but I would say there are ways to convert more of that traffic onto our email newsletter. And we know that our email newsletter converts people to our program, right? So if I was being strategic and and somebody else came to me and said, which one of these should I pick? And I would say, oh, if you really want to work towards your financial goals, start here with traffic that you already have and just improve the conversion. However as we just discussed your prioritization criteria can be different for us the order matters and for us articles is going to take prior take precedence over the conversion because the thing about seo and articles and traffic is that it takes so much time in yeah. order for it to for you to anybody reap the who, benefits.
1: Anybody who has written an article on their website understands that when you hit publish, nothing magical happens. Yes, exactly. And you think that it does. Cause you just spent like 50 hours working on something and you want it to, but, but it, it doesn't, doesn't work that way.
0: Exactly. And so uh, it's so, you know, we often use the, the proverb that says like the, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, but the next best time is today. And so that's how we think about articles. It's like, yeah, the best time to have written all these new articles would have been two years ago, but yeah. As soon as we can get them out the door, that's the next best time. So that's why for us, it makes sense to put the articles at the very top. We we see our traffic going down over time. Not, not you know. Yeah, it's not in not any like, nothing, con-
1: concerning but- way. And if anything, the fact that we still get these same amount of customers every totally. year, and actually the number has gone up over time, having less overall traffic to our website, but still getting the same amount of customers we need, still having our email list grow. It's not a cause for concern. It's more a, we have some, goals that we want to hit this year for financials and in the next couple of years. Yeah. And so we have to do something yep. to bring that number maybe back up. But really the most important thing is getting more people on our email list that are higher quality people. And
0: I always view it, anything related to traffic as an investment in your foundation yeah, because traffic if you can crank that lever, if you can get that faucet turned on, that is going to pay off dividends into the future. And so that's another criteria is what is what can we invest in that's really going to carry us forward for the next five years? Um, also, quick shout out if you're interested in this idea of investing in your business and want to go on a journey of how we are prioritizing all these projects and dig deeper into each one. Um, we're, we're doing that over on our newsletter series right now called eight invest week, Eight
1: week series. It's an eight
0: week series called invest. So if you go to wandering newsletter, um, you don't have to, you'll be able to get all the previous yeah. installments. So whenever don't worry about whenever you join or whatever you're listening to this episode. Um, uh, but unless you're
1: listening to it in like 2025, then you missed it. Yeah. You missed it
0: in 2025. Yeah, like,
1: and also everything. Okay. Did we make it? Is that right? Uh, okay, so let's talk about self awareness and yep. understanding. I think the point that like we realize that you have gotten to, which is we're taking on too much.
0: Yes. So I, the most important skill I think to develop is, you know, self awareness and the idea to check in with yourself and go, is the pace that I'm currently working at unsustainable? Because if you're not doing that, it can creep up on you really quickly. And I will say that ugh, there aren't many positives that came from my, like, complete and utter anxiety meltdown of 2019. See all previous episodes on that. Yeah. Um, but one of them was that I became very clear on when I'm getting, like, I have a very clear understanding of my capacity and when I'm getting to a max capacity. And I have a an understanding of the consequences of that. So I'm just not gonna let myself get anywhere close to that. And so what I told Jason was, after this past week of work, it became really clear to me that I was reaching a place, not of burnout, but of like, you know. It's this, like
1: the pre-burnout. The
0: pre-burnout. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, well, if I continue to do this for the next three weeks at this pace, I would burn out. Yeah. And so that's, that's a bad idea. So that when that happens, you have to take a step back. But the first step is ha- like creating that bridge with yourself between checking in with your bodies, being like, okay, how does this feel? Like, and for me, it's very clear when I start having less time for the things that make me feel grounded and more thriving, like I noticed, oh, I'm skipping my language lessons in the, because like learning new skills is something that makes me feel good. It fills up my life bucket. And it's like, oh, I started noticing that like I was skipping that in the evenings or, oh, I'm noticing that I'm feeling like I can't work out as long because I want to get into work sooner because I need to do that.
1: Or the laptop stays open until 6 or 7 p.m. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or
0: like I worked all Saturday and normally... I like working on weekends when it's coming from a place of overflow, like, ooh, I just really want to like do this thing that's creative. But this was like a, oh, I have to work, I have to get this done on Saturday so that it doesn't flow into yeah. Monday and Tuesday. And so checking in with myself, it became clear that like, that's not sustainable. Also for the first time, I'm, ch- I'm clocking my hours. Yeah. So I have just- Well, like- this is
1: really so we can do a performance review because- Of course. We don't know if we want to keep you on.
0: Improv sales, low. Yeah. Productivity, high. Baking, Low,
1: very low. Yeah, love, <laughs> Eating. love, and emotion. High,
0: love, and emotion, Super highest high. of all. Yeah, best employee ever. So
1: I don't know, but we're gonna check the time.
0: We'll check the yeah, time. We'll, come yeah. we'll let you all know. No, so like the joke there is that I actually do have like a little slot on my Notion for each day because I track my days, I track my habits, whatever, and I just have a clock in and a clock out, and so it's like what time did I open my laptop and start start working, and what time did I close my laptop down. And sometimes I'll account for like, okay, if we go to the grocery store in the middle of the day, like I'll subtract an hour or whatever. But for the most part, it's like, okay, that was my work day. And if you work for yourself, I think this is a really important habit, maybe in the beginning just to get used to it so that you kind of know. But I looked back over my week and I was like, "Mm, okay, now I can connect the way that I feel, which is a little bit at capacity. And I can actually assign a tangible number to that. And I can look back and go, okay, I was working seven to eight hour days. I know that's like supposed to be like a normal work day. I don't think a human being is supposed to work that
1: yeah. long
0: and be that focused for that long. I don't think it's sustainable personally, at least not for me. Yeah. So figure out what that number is for you. For me, seven to eight hours does not feel spacious. It does not feel the way that I want it to feel. And I'm not going to get myself to a place where I'm feeling anxious. Yeah. And so I go, okay, let me scale that back to six. And that becomes like a really tangible way that I can go, okay, how then... If I scale it back to six, how am I actually going to get all these projects accomplished? And the answer is you're not. So then let's let's talk about what do you do then?
1: Before we talk about the three choices that you have, I wanted to bring up, um, and I know it's not on this list, and I'm so sorry, Caroline. Okay, great. Um, it's just to have a quick uh, discussion about we're working together as mm-hmm. a couple on these things but you're in a max capacity working environment and I'm not
0: interesting. And I think that that. there
1: is something to that that can, it can definitely create resentment Mm -hmm. in a working relationship and a partnership. Um, it can also just create just difficulty in, you know, seeing the other person. Like when I see you still working on the laptop at a 7 PM and I'm currently replaying breath of the wild on switch and and like, I feel bad. Like I feel like I shouldn't be doing this. I should be on my laptop as well because like, misery loves company like you're Mm -hmm. you know in the design trenches and like i should also be doing something as well to Mm -hmm. like hey we're both in this together and so i think like maybe just quickly talking about how we handle that is is worth just sharing in case anybody who listens to this is in a partnership, or is just works with a co-founder, or it's just someone else on any projects?
0: Yeah, well, I think the first thing that we've done recently that I think is actually really helpful, that we haven't even really talked about, um, but maybe this public arena seems like a good <laughs> place to do that, but I think it was really helpful is we did a kind of business version of, if you've heard of the Fair Play system, and I'm going to forget the author's name right now, but... Uh, Look up the book Fair Play. Um, I'll and,
1: add it in the show notes. For okay, 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 okay.
0: But, okay. but yeah. um, it's a book that's sort of about the redistribution of domestic duties in partnerships. Um, because a lot of times, like, it can kind of fall to one person, right? And, and historically, just in traditional gender roles, that has fallen to usually the female partner. Um, but, of course, we know that that's not...
1: Not our household. We're breaking those norms. Well, that's, <laughs> you know,
0: and you and you have all kinds of different partnerships. But for us, yeah, it's the opposite. Like, a lot of times the domestic household duties fall to Jason and so we did this whole fair play exercise which is about you have a deck of cards one for each kind of like task and each person kind of owns a card or owns that arena from start to finish. So like someone has the trash card, someone has the mail card, someone yeah. has the dish. I think card. we could
1: probably do a whole episode on this if people find it interesting down the road. So Yeah. And yeah. and
0: I think it's great because it's not about you have the same number of cards, but it's about you're acknowledging the labor that someone else is doing, not just physically, but emotionally and cognitively in thinking of managing that part of your life. Right. Yeah. And so we also decided let's do this for business too, and so let's write down. And literally, we haven't even done. We haven't even really we come back. We haven't done
1: the, the divvying up we yet. Haven't yeah, done
0: the divvying yet? But what we have done is the list. Yeah. And so what 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 is so important about the list is that it makes. And this is what she says in the other context as well. Is that it makes the invisible visible. Yeah. And so for me, it's just important of. Knowing so I I think what's difficult is that our roles in our business are very different. Yeah. I do less things very deeply. So it's it's all the creative work, it's the designing work. It's like the the tasks that I work on are sometimes 10, 20, 30 hour-long projects. Jason, on the other hand, is doing all of the minutia. He's doing all of the maintenance things that it takes. You could be doing 30 things in a day, right? Where it's like managing developers and it's doing payments and it's emailing with members and it's like all of that. And so I think in writing out the list, you start to have a respect for what the other person does. So seeing all of those things that you're managing at any given time gives me a tremendous amount of respect because Lord knows I don't want to be multitasking (laughs) like that. And I'm just like, great. I'm so grateful that he does all of that. And it makes more sense to me of why you can be done and be you know
1: adventuring adventuring
0: Link. or whatever yeah. because it's like i i do think if you're dealing with blocks that are much more small yeah you can kind of rearrange them much more
1: easily yeah and i think the important point that i wanted to bring up here is that part of what i think makes our relationship work in a business standpoint but also in a life standpoint is because it's very similar across the two is we acknowledge that like you have to go deeper to accomplish the tasks i don't necessarily have to do that but i'm of keeping everything going completely and so it's like if i just stopped doing all the things that i'm doing all of our customers would be left out to dry all of our payment stuff would dry like it just like all would like kind of fall to the wayside completely whereas the like redesigning the wandering aimfully dashboard is a very important task but it doesn't like keep the business going but we also have to agree but it is a necessary part of the the like entire equation of doing things and so i think that's what helps too is just like having these conversations of like i'm acknowledging that you're doing this and i'm also acknowledging that you're doing this
0: yeah and it's a it's a recognition that it's a symbiotic relationship absolutely and you can't have the business with either one so yeah. just like you were saying with the that if you know all the things that you do payments wouldn't go through people wouldn't get their stuff if if nobody made the curriculums and nobody made the designs exactly. and nobody like yeah. we wouldn't have anything to sell
1: no we exactly. wouldn't have a
0: sales page to sell it on, yeah. you know? And
1: so I think, yeah, this is just, I, I just, I wanted to bring this up because anybody who works in a partner capacity or with somebody else, there are times when one of the two of you is going to be at max capacity and the other person might not even be close to max capacity and you can feel the resentment in the air and the thing the thing that works for us is just to constantly check in and just say like oh, yeah. hey i just want to make sure like you have no resentment that i'm like sitting here playing exactly. games while you're doing this and if you're like i mean yeah i kind of do then we like talk it out you don't ever say that but i'm just no, saying it, but it there opens are, up the door yeah
0: there are certainly times where there are times where um it's never like a resentment i think there. are and I think it's gotten better over time, but you're you're really right where there are times where there's like a tension in the air that you yeah. can feel and then there are other times and sometimes if that is the case, then of course you would sit here and you'd be playing and you'd think, well, there's probably tension in the air. And so it's it's also on me to go, I'm so happy that you get to be playing this game. Like I also, I'm choosing to work on my laptop at 7 p.m. so that's not a choice that you made and like I'm not holding you, yeah. holding that against you whatsoever. Anyway, so it just, it all comes back to little communication. little side
1: tangent, we could definitely do a whole other- episode more on like how How we we, resent each other in our work
0: that would be great just an entire resentment episode
1: let's get back to uh you're working on sustainable hours you're at max capacity there are three choices of kind of how to handle this that we see and maybe there are more but these are the ones that we right so let's say
0: you are in the position right now where you two have you know five to seven projects out in front of you that you're like oh i want to work on all this right now maybe you've tried it and you're like okay now i'm starting to feel like this is just not sustainable yeah Obviously, you know, number one is, yes, try and thin out those priorities and say, okay, I'm going to save these three projects for Q2 and just use that priority. That'll take you a long way. But let's say you, you've you done that, but still the number of projects you're trying to juggle feels unsustainable. Maybe you're at a seven or eight hour a day work week and you're trying to move it to a six. Or what a, do you do?
1: Or a 10 to 14 and you really need to make some changes. Yeah, exactly.
0: So the way that I kind of thought about this is like, I was trying to think to myself, what are the like levers that I would tell somebody that they can shift in order to make a a tangible change in how their work feels? And I kind of think there's three levers that you can move. So the three levers are to work more efficiently, meaning to get more done in like the time block that you set aside of the task that you're doing to number two, the second lever would be to lower your good enough standard. Mm -hmm. And number three, the lever would be to then extend your timelines. Yep. And so you can, you can adjust any one of these three levers or all of them, and it will change how your work feels. So for example, right now, let's take lever number one. For me, I'm working extremely efficiently right now, meaning I set a time, uh, uh, I'm using time blocking to basically create these um, blocks. So let's say I'm like, okay, I need to get this section of the coaching session done in this one hour. I use Pomodoro timers from the time that I turn on the Pomodoro timer to the time that I'm done. I get that task done. I don't go on social media. I don't go on the internet. Like I'm not dilly dallying. You know what I mean? So that's not really a lever that I can move effectively because I'm already working at as efficiently as possible.
1: And I think that's, this is one where I would just have a long look in the mirror as someone who might be listening to this episode and thinking like, Oh, I'm working like, eight, 10, 12 hour days. And I don't feel like I'm getting stuff done. Are you actually working efficiently or are you spending a lot of time looking at social media, scrolling through feeds, you know, any other things that are actually not putting in hours to work. And I'm not trying to say that, that you can't look at those things. I'm just saying, maybe if you worked without distraction for two to three hours a day, you might get a lot more done because you're not actually moving the needle uh, not forward by looking at all this other stuff and not being able to get in the headspace that you need to to actually accomplish. Yeah, the thing you're and if on.
0: that's you right now, please do not in any way, shape, or form feel any type of shame for that. We
1: both have been there.
0: Do not feel that way. If anything take that realization and feel empowered by it because this is great news. If you're not working efficiently, there's a lot you can do to work more efficiently. That's an opportunity to feel a lot better, to get done a lot sooner in your day, to carve out more free time, to feel more spacious. And there's like a million different hacks you can do for that. So um, time blocking is one of them. Pomodoro timers is one that I use a lot. Um, Using
1: site blockers so that like you literally can't go to like Instagram or TikTok or whatever. And like, And even if it's just for an hour, like you just set those things up so that that Twitch of going to look at those things when something gets difficult in your brain, we've all been there. Like I've broken those habits since 2014, but I remember in 2014 when like, I would just instinctively go to twitter.com. Like it was the first tab whenever I opened up a new tab, I would always go there. Even if I, I wasn't even thinking I want to go to Twitter I would just open a tab yep. and I would type it in. Me too. And so you have to break those little habits. And, and like Caroline was saying, this is a good thing because it's going to hopefully reduce your overall time spent working because you're actually going to get work done. Now, it's not going to happen overnight, this type of fix, but it is so impactful if you can actually start to break some of those habits and work more efficiently.
0: Yep. And I think this also speaks to like procrastination. Mm-hmm. So being honest with yourself, if like oh, I, f- I find that I'm actually wasting an hour in my morning because I'm just procrastinating like getting the thing started. Right. So whatever those little hacks you can do to get things started, for me, sometimes if, I, if I'm if i doing doing a big creative project and I just need to get going, I'll open a blank page and I'll set a five minute timer to just get something down on the page. And it's like, it can be bad, but if I just break that seal, yeah. that can get me started. So it's like little hacks like that to get going, right?
1: For me, honestly, the number one thing is music.
0: Music, I was going to say music. Just
1: like literally pick like whatever music gets you in the work zone and that's synthwave for me as soon as I turn on synthwave it's like Freudian I'm like I'm drooling I want a cookie it's time to get working (laughs) those are the things that happen
0: yep definitely Um, and also by the way the thing that that creates that pathway in your brain is repetition so even if you don't have a music that motivates you right now pick one that you feel like like is it music scores is it synthwave is it
1: vocal ducks is it
0: vocal ducks is it instrumental like whatever it is and start just playing that just when you're working and yeah. in, in this efficiency mode. And eventually it will kind of create a nice groove in your brain and then it'll be able to help you in the future. Um, so that's the first lever, right? So just, there's a lot of opportunity in terms of working more efficiently, um, in your tasks. I want to talk about now the second lever being lowering your good enough standard. Now <laughs> you you will not hear a lot of business coaches out there telling you, you just need to lower your standards. Okay. No one's going to phrase it like that. We'll happily be those people yeah. because the truth is. I'm speaking mostly to the perfectionists out there. You know who you are. Yeah. You decide that like, listen, design, redesign the Wandering Aimfully dashboard. Yeah. It could take an entire year of hours or it could take a month of hours. And the only difference because let's say the variable of working efficiently is the same. The only variable is what I decide done looks like.
1: Which direction the gradient should go. Yeah. 60 degrees or 70 degrees? (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. So it's like, do you know what I'm saying? Like the task will expand based on whatever your final standard is. And we all need to be honest about what good enough looks like. Yeah. Because after you reach that point, the point between good enough and perfect which, by the way, we know perfect does not exist. But the the area between those two things is diminishing returns. Uh,
1: I want to point out two things. I want to come back to good enough with the first Wayne dashboard. So I'm going to come back to that. But the first thing I want to say is I wish everyone listening to this podcast could build their own software product like Tea Tree. Mm -hmm. It will teach you – build any software product. It will teach you good enough. It will teach you good enough because guess what? You have to. You have to. Like The limitation is that you give a developer a design and the developer goes – we cannot do that. And you're like, yeah, but you can, like, I know that this is all made up. We're making up everything as we go. And they're like, no, you don't understand. Like that will break our, that will break our forgot password system. Mm-hmm. Like why? Like, oh, well, we use a token plugin for that. Well, what does that have to do with you? Oh, well that's related to this feature that you wanted to do that needs a different token that would then conflict. And you're like, what? Like this is ridiculous. Why? This doesn't even make sense. All I wanted to do was add GIF stickers to things, <laughs> and so it really is one of those. Like for me, I think it. I think starting Tea Tree was one of the best things I could have done to break my perfectionism and, habits. And
0: now me working on it and doing the UI refresh also has done the exact same thing, which yeah. is I have to be okay with. There's an idea of what. I want Teachery tree to be in my head, yes. and then there's what Teachery tree is, and I have to be okay with that gap yeah. to move forward.
1: And, and it is a, a very true reality of you can continue to throw money at things, but there is just a technical limitation to when you build a thing that you can only do so much. That was my first point that I wish everyone could kind of experience that because- As a recovering perfectionist, I feel like T Tree is the thing that broke me of perfectionism. Because we talk about this all the time. I'm just like, let's just make it good enough. Like, let's just keep moving forward. And all that is is me going, I wanted this feature to exist in T Tree and it can't or it can't like I wanted it to. And I just have to move on because what's the other alternative? Like, I'm not going to do anything else. It's just what it is. Uh, Getting back to the good enough with the Wayne dashboard, I want to just present a good enough example to everyone listening to this. When we finished the first iteration of the WAME dashboard back in 2018, it cost us more than we wanted to with a developer that we didn't enjoy the relationship with. It cost us five months of time when we thought it was gonna take five weeks. And at the end of it, I think we would both agree, it barely met our good enough, right? Like at that point we were so frustrated with it, we were pretty much unhappy with the result, but it functioned well and it it looked good enough. Mm -hmm. We couldn't update it if we wanted to, didn't matter. But it worked. It worked. For five years, the way that that just barely good enough thing has existed has brought us such exponential return in Absolutely. the happiness of our customers. And so I just wanted to bring that up of a lot of times you're not willing to be okay with good enough because you think that it's not going to be able to like move your business forward or it's not going to get you the results that you want. We have like a perfect example of we did the bare minimum of good enough and it was definitely good enough for five years.
0: Definitely. And I, I think like wherever you are right now, it's like, okay, my project is I'm going to build an email sequence so that, you know, to try to sell my thing, or I'm going to build my first online course, or whatever. Just taking 10 to 15 minutes today to think about like either defining, okay, if, if at, either defining the time frame and saying like, whatever I get by this yep. point is going to be good enough yep. or Maybe, maybe writing down a list of criteria for yourself of going, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm going to set a time frame for each part of this task and I'm not going to allow myself to go over double that or whatever that is, right? Yeah, like yeah. create rules for yourself that will help you guide good enough and then check in with yourself along the way and go, am I being perfectionistic about this? Am I like, for me, a great example is um, when I work on like the coaching session. And this is why Pomodoro timers help me quite a bit is because you work in 25-minute chunks. And so I find that sometimes I can get really in the weeds on like alignment of things or Not like- you, no way. Yeah, like yeah. little, like I really want it to look nice or whatever. And so I will get lost in like a very, sp- like, in all one specific slide. Yeah. And I will look back at my Pomodoro timer and I'll be like, oh my God, it just said 19. And now it <laughs> says 12. And I worked on one slide. Yeah. And that is such a good gut check for me of being like, what what I just did in seven minutes did not move the needle forward in my business. Exactly. And I could have gotten seven slides done, which would move the needle forward because then I could move on to the next thing. And so, constantly kind of checking in with yourself, um, I think, is really helpful. So that's a second ne- a second needle, right? It's yep. like just going, okay, I'm gonna not be a per- perfectionist about this. Um, however. Let's move on to the third needle. So you're
1: you're working as efficiently as you can. You're working as efficiently as you can. You are a good enough person. Congratulations. Yeah. No.
0: (laughs) You are maybe you've decided, like, okay, I I am not being perfectionistic and I and I've set my standard and I'm not willing to move it. What's one last lever that you can kind of tweak? And that's just moving your timelines and recognizing that you are someone who, if you own your own business, you set your own timelines and asking yourself, is this arbitrary even if you've told people about it mm-hmm. you know there's a fine line there like there's nuance there where it's like sometimes you got to just say you know deliver when you said you were going to deliver but sometimes you have to go this is unsustainable and the cost of trying to deliver on this deadline that is just not going to like, if I'm going to have to work nights and weekends until I make this deadline, that's not worth it to me. That's a decision that you listen or have to make for yourself. Yeah. But a lot of times these deadlines we give ourselves are arbitrary. Yep. And so just for us example given right now, we are going to, we're right now we're meeting every Friday to kind of look at our projects We're going to, I already can tell you, we're going to have to extend our timelines Yeah. because we don't have any other levers to
1: play with. We're not willing to work eight and 10 hour days every single day and not have weekends off just because we want to get things done faster because this creative dam has built up and we're just like exploding with ideas.
0: Yep. Now the caveat I do want to share is I understand that in saying that for, for my particular situation, we have money coming in. Yeah. Okay? So that I understand that that is a different privileged place to be in where the machine is already going. The momentum is already built. These are just projects that we want to, you know, grow or to impr- you know, invest in the future. Um and so of course, it's easy for me to say move your timeline back. Yeah. If you're someone listening and going, yeah, if I move my timeline back, I can't pay bills. Of course, I'm not suggesting that that is going to be a solution for you. Try to play with those other levers. Try to get super um, ruthless in the way that you're prioritizing projects. Yep. Go back to that original list and go, okay, now I know I really have to choose the one that's going to get me cash flow right away. And then I'm going to just drop everything else until I get that cash flow going. Yep. Um, that's what I would recommend.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that those three things are very helpful and they're things that we come back to Often. Often. And so I I wanna also really make clear that like I've been working for myself for 15 years. You've been doing this now for 10 years. This happens all the time. Like it's not something that's ever gonna go away that you're gonna be like, I am never going to work at maximum capacity again. Nope, you will and you will get excited about something or you will have a break or you will get sick or you will have something that comes up that like stops you from working and then you start working again and you have all these ideas and you have all this energy and then uh uh-oh, you're getting close to burnout. And so it's really about trying to get better over time of exactly where I think you were two days ago or something. And we we're like, this is not sustainable.
0: Yep. You just got to check in and be like, no nope. And it's
1: even a new not sustainable where yeah. like in our past, it would have literally been 12 hour days Yep, and it would have been just like every single day of the week trying to get things done. And now it's like six to eight hour days and that is not even sustainable. And that's when you start to realize like, I want my life to be lived more than I want to work yep. so that I can live my life.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point Thank because you. I didn't mention before part of why that that six is my magic number for right now. For
1: hours worked in a day. For
0: hours worked in a day, whereas someone else's might be eight or seven. Yeah. Like whatever, it doesn't matter. The number is completely individual to you. It might be two yep. because you have children, like which we don't have yet, you yep. know? So the point I was trying to make is part of why that number works for me right now is because, yeah, just to Jason's point, I now know what, a, what living feels like to me and what those activities on a daily basis are and like I was saying, that's that's time spent learning a new skill. That's time spent working out. Yeah. That's time spent outside. That's time spent reading my book. That's, you know, those things. And I'm not willing to sacrifice those things to get to a financial place faster. Yeah. And that's a decision that everyone has to make for themselves.
1: Totally. All right, let's finish with a six-point quick Hit list of ways to relieve the time pressure so if you're currently yeah, feeling this. This is a
0: little rapid fire at the end here, but if you're just like leaving with anything else,
1: like you guys said a lot of things, but like what of are things, the six most important things? But that here I can think are some about? six yeah.
0: important things that you can do in order to take away that time pressure of trying to do it all at one time. Okay, number one, establish how many hours of work per day or week feels sustainable, and then maybe track it and yep. just keep track so that you don't go over. And that could be one way to, to stay on track and not feel that pressure. Number two, um, highly recommend, we didn't talk about this, but daily prioritization of tasks.
1: Especially when you're in a busy season of work. Yep. It is so important that every day you sit down and write out your to-do list, even if you're rewriting things from yesterday that didn't get done, that's totally okay. And then you have to prioritize those things so you know what you actually can do. And I'm done. a
0: big fan of, I, I choose my tasks for the following day, the day before. So at the end of aggressive. my workday, whatever I didn't get done, I go, okay, that's gonna be on tomorrow, and yeah. then I prioritize right then and there. So I have a, a block system, I have multiple systems. Great. Great. Number three, set mini deadlines. Yep. So don't just say like, oh, I want the WAME dashboard to be redesigned by March 1st. It's like, okay, no, I want the library page done by this day, I want all the new card designs done by this day, I wanna be able to hand it off to our developer by yep. this day. Those mini deadlines are gonna help you stay on track because if you have a big time container, things will expand to fit that container.
1: You're going to schedule time for breaks as your number four thing here in this list because it can feel like I don't have the time when you're in a max capacity setting to do the walks, to read your book, to any of the things that you do that refill your bucket. But you absolutely have to do those things because you are going to burn out if you don't take breaks.
0: Whenever I feel like I don't have the time for those recharge That's when I know for, I know I have to do that. Uh, Um, The fifth
1: point here, I'll take these last two. Thank you so much, Caroline, (laughs) is done is better than perfect. So this is your good enough. This is understanding that most of the things that we're all creating as people who listen to this podcast are not etched in stone. You're not carving a statue out of marble that you can't go back and re, you know, add marble onto it. I don't Mm -hmm. know how marble works. It's a, it's a very hard stone, correct? Yeah. I've heard. Yeah. We're building digital things, and all of those things can be updated. Files can be replaced. Dashboards can be redesigned. All this can be redone. So get it done. Get it out into the world. Get it into the hands of customers. Get feedback. Move forward. Then you can come back around and make it better. Also, you'll never get things done perfectly. It doesn't happen. And the final quick hit tip here is to check in with yourself regularly and adjust when needed. Great. And that's, that's it. That's this episode.
0: That's what we're doing to uh, hopefully fight this urge to do everything all at once, we will keep you updated on how these projects go. We will probably, by the end of Q1, have all different new projects that this are is creating true. pressure. And we'll
1: be okay with it. We'll also, uh, we are trying to do everything, everywhere, all at once in our business, but we are also trying to just keep talking about the movie, everything, everywhere, all at once, because it's so it good. was fantastic. It's so good. If you've put it off because you're like, oh, I don't think I'll like a movie like that, watch it. Watch it, it is so It's unlike wonderful. any other movie I've ever seen. This is the sponsor of the episode. Vocal Ducks <laughs> can take a break. <laughs> oh, no, we just have two sponsors. We have two
0: sponsors. That's us. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Okay, The this latter portion of the episode is brought to you by the movie, <laughs> everything, everywhere, all at once, for your consideration at yes. the Oscars. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh,
1: That would be wonderful. Uh, Not sponsored
0: at all. Nope.
1: But we just really loved it. So we're just sharing it. Uh, all right that's it for our episode we got it done in under one hour congratulations to us we're trying to like keep these episodes a little bit shorter but you know just this is what Time happens constraints there's a lot of things we got to share you know there's a lot of things we got to talk about
0: it's a creative dam also with the podcast because we had a break and now we just want to chit chat
1: it's true all right with everybody we hope you enjoyed listening as always if you want to send us a note hello at wanderinginfo.com let us know what you're thinking about this episode or any other episodes and as Caroline mentioned if you want to get on our email list about the invest email series especially if you this uh, episode really rings true for you. We think that series will help you. WanderingAimfully.com slash newsletter. Boom. Okay, goodbye. Have
0: a good week.